There's mummies and dummies and ghosts that bark. There's goblins and ghoulies that wait in the dark. If you wish to wet your pants with fright, listen to Gaxi on Goosebumps tonight. I'm gonna come. Boo, my dudes, and welcome back to Gatsy on Goosebumps, the only show in which I read and review every single Goosebumps book from R.L. Stein's original series. But I will not be doing that today, because earlier this month, I sat down digitally with Danny Abosh, one of the very talented people behind Goosebumps the Musical Phantom of the Auditorium, which, as you may be able to glean from the title, is a full-length musical based on the Goosebumps book Phantom of the Auditorium. So, please enjoy that interview. Danny, it is lovely to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to, to have this conversation. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. I mean, when I heard there was a a Goosebumps musical, I mean, as someone who's, well, made a a hobby out of documenting everything to do with Goosebumps, I was very, very excited. But before we get to the actual Goosebumps musical, I want to just ask a bit about you and sort of how you got to the stage where you were were writing musicals. Were you always a theatre kid growing up? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I did, uh, did a bunch of the shows in, in, uh, you know, in high school and, uh, yeah, as an actor, I mean, and then I, I sort of transitioned to writing the shows instead of acting in them, uh, around my senior year of high school. Um, and yeah, I've been, been doing that kind of ever since I, uh, I did a, a master's program at, at NYU for it, um, after my undergrad and, um, and then, you know, just have, have kind of been doing it professionally since then. Is, is there a time in every theatre kid's life where they have to, like, decide to keep being on stage or if they're going to, like, go behind and start writing stuff? Is that the decision everybody has to make? Um, more or less. I mean, it, it's sort of, uh, you know, around the time that you have to decide what you want to major in in college or, or where you, you know, where and if you want to go to college. Uh, if you're if you're real life goal is to be a, a performer, a lot of people will major in musical theater in college. So you in you know it's a long audition process for that. So you, you kind of have to commit to it at that point if you're going that route. And so I, I knew that that wasn't for me, and so I didn't do that. Do you ever get a bit jealous seeing people on stage performing your songs and wish and wishing you could sort of be a part of it? Honestly, no, <laughs> because uh, yeah. they're, they're doing such a better job than I would be able to. <laughs> I, I do still perform for for my demos. You know, like when I write a song, I'll I'll, um, I'll record a demo of myself singing it just for like my collaborators to hear or you know people working on the show. Um, so I, I, I sort of you know still get that outlet for it, but no, I I, I don't have any um, you know any I wish that were me up there when I yeah, <laughs> when I watch yeah. uh, performances of my work. It must be strange performing that demo and then hearing an actor's interpretation of that and seeing sort of the, the different, you know, inflections and different personality they put into to your words. Totally. Yeah, totally. And and what's different and what's not different sometimes is funny too. Like when, you know, when there's, you know, subtle things that where I go, Oh, I, I wonder if you listen to my demo and, and, and sort of took a cue from that. Cause, cause some of them are, are a little bit similar, but um, no, I, I, I love when, an actor surprises me with a totally different choice that I would never have thought of. That's like one of my favorite things. Did I mean I won't be so crass as to ask your age, but was oh, you was goosebumps? I'm, 30, I'm 32. <laughs> okay, so you, I imagine you would have grown up. I'm a bit younger, but 
in the nineties growing up around goosebumps everywhere? Did you read a lot of them as a kid? I sure did. Yeah. I, um, in fact, uh, I, for in second grade, I, I went for Halloween as uh, Curly the skeleton. Um, oh, fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I was totally into it. I, 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 um, I had the calendar, I had all the books, I, you know, I actually still have the calendar, by the way. I, I um, it's still up on my wall right now. My 1998, uh, scratch oh my God, and sniff. I've got the same one. Yeah. Do you really? Had a, yeah. I, I just took over the December one and the smell was, um, it was, it, it was the garbage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the scratch and sniff one was garbage. And I was like, they got rotten, they got rotten pumpkins for Halloween, which I thought was like really clever, but I didn't know. I, I didn't know what garbage was in relation to December, but I, I thought maybe I'm being a bit too hard. They're just general together. rotten smells. And I, yeah. and I don't, I have no idea what technology goes into making those scratch and sniff things, but I, I imagine you're probably somewhat limited in the uh, aromas <laughs> fragrances that you have access to for those, but pretty advanced I mean, technology for 1998. And, and somehow, somehow they still work. Have you noticed that? The scratch that? and sniff technology is, has, has come a long way in the, in the past 20 <laughs> odd years since then. I can only imagine what they're like now. Right. But I, I appreciate that, that you dressed up as Curly because I mean, that that shows you're a true fan because I mean Curly's you know he's a mascot but he's not on any book covers so that you know that shows your your goosebumps credentials you weren't just like glancing at them in the library you're obviously really into it oh I, I was super into it yeah that's that's something that people don't um, don't always know about Curly is that he's not really a character in the books although you know you, you would assume that from because he's kind of the mascot for the series but I I do I do have a soft spot for Kelly. He's always he's always living like his best life whenever he's in those promotions. <laughs> right, and his dog. And like, yeah, <laughs> and his dog. Just and, and I love that his his dog is just a normal dog. Like it's not a skeleton dog. It's <laughs> right. just his, his dog. It's it's great. Like it's for, it's for a mascot for goosebumps. It's surprisingly wholesome. Oh, I love it. I love it. And yeah, and, and um, the sorry, Tim, Tim Jacobus illustrations are obviously first rate. Yes, oh, and. Insep- inseparable from from the books, you know. You can't you can't totally think of yeah. those those books without those those classic '90s covers. And we'll get back to Tim Jacobus in just a second. I, I don't know much about the well. I don't know much about the world of musical theatre in general. How <laughs> does a Goosebumps musical come about? Whose whose idea is this? Do you get asked? Do you have an idea and you pitch it? How did this one come about? Yeah, I mean the. It, it generally it works a lot of different ways. All, all of those things are possibilities um, in in general. For for this particular show, it was um, the theaters. There, there were there were two theaters that um, basically commissioned the show uh, and commissioned John and I to write it. John John McClain, my collaborator, um, who wrote the book and and uh, co-wrote the lyrics to it. They basically said, you know, we want to we want to uh, commission an adaptation of a Goosebumps book. And actually, at first they they didn't know if it should be a musical. They okay. were uh, at first. Um, thinking maybe it would just be uh, a you know a straight play without music, um, but <laughs> I think I think uh, I'm gladly we we convinced them otherwise. But uh, but yeah, they they basically said we think this would make a great show, and um, we're gonna hire uh, you two to write it. There there was some discussion about like which book to choose also, and you know which which book mm-hmm. to adapt because um, you know there's so many of them. There's a lot of choices. Yeah. But but yeah, that's basically how how this one came about. And so why did you settle on, was it just because Phantom of the Auditorium is already based on a theater? It's a bit meta. Like, why did you, why did you settle on that one? Yeah, it, it's, it's the meta aspect of it. And it, it's also that it, it felt the most theatrical to us. Um, it, it, it's, you know, since it's n- not everything 
sings, you know, not, not every, um, some books make great books, but they don't make great musicals and vice versa. And, you know, even it's true with, with movies too, you know, some, some books will translate well to the screen, but not to the stage. And some, you know, some movies really should be movies and not plays. And so there were, there were some books where we, we went, yeah, this is a perfect book. And I, we don't think we can make a musical that improves on it in any way. You know, there's just no reason for it to be a musical, but this one mm-hmm. it was, was sort of screaming for it to be a musical. Cause you know, and also cause you know, obviously Phantom of the Opera is a, it's a pretty famous musical. And, and so the, yeah. you know, it's just the whole world of it just felt very theatrical. Um, Which I didn't. I didn't realize the connection as a kid. I found right. out about Phantom of the Opera after Phantom of the Opera. I'm like, oh, I think oh, I did too. Like yeah. yeah. Did, were there any other sort of books on the shortlist that you and John sort of threw around, thinking, you know, maybe we could work with this before you set it on Phantom? Um, yeah, there were a couple. I mean, we, we settled on Phantom pretty early, but I remember I was sort of interested in um, the Ghost Next Door. Um, mm. I thought that one. You know, some of the more you know, what you think of when you think of Goosebumps, you know, like, you know, monsters and vampires and, and all that kind of stuff that my actual worry about this one, um, about Phantom uh, early on was that it it didn't have a lot of that stuff that you think of as like very Goosebumps. Like it, it really is just about humans and um, mm. and not only humans, but the, the thing that is the most spooky about it. And I'll, you know, not to give any spoilers away, but the, the story is spooky in hindsight more than it's spooky in real time. So th- I that, see what you mean. Yeah. That, that was something that, that sort of was a concern to me earlier on, although it's, it's proved to be not a concern, I think, but, but that, that had me sort of considering, well, maybe it would be, you know, better to do one of the other, uh, I, I think we were pr- pretty set on doing something from the original series, but, um, you know, one of the others from that series that was more about, um, you know, you had an actual monster to, to uh, to bring to life, although you know that causes all you know that brings up all sorts of other questions about how do you do that on stage, right? Like there's there's a lot of these yeah, a lot of the yeah. books that just like from a technical perspective would be so difficult to do. <laughs> yeah, I suppose you've got the benefit of it's set in a theater and it's performed in a theater, so that's one inherent advantage of right. adapting definitely Phantom. definitely. Or like um, Monster Blood I, would be like, how do you do that, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I I appreciate you know, that idea of, you know, as you said, it, it's the, the scary part comes in retrospect, but I think it's, I think you, you guys have done a admirable job of, I guess, keeping that, that tension and that mystery high throughout the whole sort of um, production before you actually get the, the full on horror element. Um, I thought you did that very well. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, you're very welcome. Um, I'm sure you're yeah, yeah, yeah I, I won't. I won't spend too long on the podcast uh, praising your musical abilities. <laughs> don't worry. I, I was going to say, is it your first adaptation? But I was sort of looking through your bio on your website. You you previously adapted the Fancy Nancy books. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Into a musical. So, I, I guess is that why they went to you and John, or are you are you sort of consciously you're you're going to become the guy to to go to when they want to adapt like a children's book series? So in in this case, one of the th- uh, theaters, Oregon uh, Children's Theater, that uh, commissioned the the show had done Fancy Nancy, I think, a year or two before that. So they they were already familiar from with my work from that, and so that that is actually I think why they thought of me for this. But um, but you know, it's it's not you know that I'm like just uh you know the children's theater guy. Yeah, no, I, I think they it was more about you know knowing my work and knowing mm-hmm. okay that you know we we like another show that he did already, so it's probably a safe bet for this one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And, and John was already attached to the project when I came out. We, we, um, our agent actually paired us up. We have the same agent. 
are you guys common collaborators? Is that like is? Um, well, I think we will be now, but like? but this is the this is the first show that we've done together. And can you explain to me what I'm looking through the credits again? Not a musical theater guy. Uh, John wrote the book. What is when it comes to mu- musical theater? Yeah. What is the book? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally um, I totally get why that would be a little confusing. Um, you know, outside of the world of musical theater, it, it, it's a it's a it's an odd term. I you know. What it really means is the story and specifically like the dialogue, um, if there is any, but it, it doesn't, it's not limited specifically to dialogue either. Like, you know, um, a show like Hamilton doesn't have any dialogue, but it still has a book, right? So okay. it, 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 the book is, is basically the, the way that the story is, a, is adapted and specifically the, the dialogue. So like in, in the case of Goosebumps, um, so John wrote all the dialogue, I wrote all the music, and we both wrote the lyrics together. So that was that was I think 2016 was the first production. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. And then it's only since it's only this year, I think end of, end of October, the cast recording came out. So how does a musical? Is it just if it's popular enough, someone will produce the the a cast recording of it? Is that how it works? Yeah. I mean, typically, um, you know, you, you do it at a major milestone, like a you know, if you have a Broadway production, you would do like the original Broadway cast recording. Um, and then if there's a London production after that, then maybe you do the London cast recording after that. So, um, with this one, you know, there, there wasn't a Broadway show yet. <laughs> um, maybe there will be someday, certainly hope so. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I, I think we just thought, you know, the time was right. And, you know, it, it's, it, we just, we felt like it, it would be, you know, we, we had a, we had a great show and we, and we wanted to get it out into the world in a way that people could hear it. Um, you know, because it, it it's it's had you know a lot of great productions, but you know they're you know here and there, and and you know if you don't live near a major city, there's there's kind of no way for you to experience the show. So we you know we just felt strongly about like we we want to get an album out there for people to be able to enjoy this wherever they are, um, you know, or, or you know including in Australia and mm. <laughs> and in, in other countries. Well, that's countries, the thing. I you know? I never would have you know I I never would have. Heard, I may have heard of it, but you know, it's not like there's there's HD video recordings online on YouTube I can watch or something. You know, right. I would have never been able to experience it if it wasn't done in a cast recording. Exactly, exactly. I was listening to the the cast recording and I heard a very, very, very distinctive voice. I'm like, is that? <laughs> I think I know who you're talking they about. Actually, they that. <laughs> then I looked it up. Sure enough, R.L. Stein features in the in the cast recording. How 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 did that come about? I mean, that must have been um, must have been fantastic. Oh, that was a huge thrill. Yeah, I mean, especially for me as is like a lifelong Goosebumps fan. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean it it. So that that part basically is is not in the show. We we um, we wrote that in just for the cast album, just because he agreed to do it. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, basically, I I I had no idea if if he would be open to doing this at all, but. Um, I, you know, I said, why the hell not? And, you know, what, what, let's, let's ask and worst he can say is no, but, um, you know, fortunately he was very gracious about saying, sure, I'd, I'd love to do a cameo. Um, and so we wrote him in as principal Stein and, and threw him a couple lines and, and it was, we recorded during the, um, you know, during the height of, uh, COVID. So we did it all remotely. So I, I actually sent him like a, a, a package of like microphones and recording gear to use yeah. to record it. And, and, but yeah, I mean, and, and it's, you know, like a script to read of, of what, uh, you know, how the scene went, but, but yeah, no, and, and he was gracious enough to do it and, and did a terrific job if I may say so. Principal Stein and I will be discussing this with your parents and deciding if we have to cancel the play. Cancel the play? 
No! We may not have a choice. He's he's so funny. Um, he he really like as a kid, as a and perhaps you were the same. Watching you know sometimes on the Goosebumps episodes he'd do the yeah, introduction, the intros, right? And I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, God, he's so boring. He's so like, <laughs> he's so like like bad at acting. And then I didn't realize, oh, he's really his sense of humor is really really dry. Like right. he yeah, knows it's, what it's, he's doing. I feel like it's more deadpan than boring. You know, it, it's yeah. like intentionally deadpan. And yeah, he, he really does bring that that same energy to that those same few lines. But it sounds like you didn't get a chance to meet him in person. I didn't. I didn't. I I did get to talk to him on the phone a couple times. That was that was very oh, fantastic. cool. Um, but yeah, no, just because of the the timing of, of you know, the pandemic and yeah, all of that. Yeah, everything. Uh, yep. Well, hopefully, when it gets to Broadway, you can get him to sign your '98 Goosebumps calendar. <laughs> I would love that. As well as R.L. Stein, um, Tim Jacobus did the the album art for, for yeah. the cast recording. So you've you know you you've uh, it must have seemed like a long way away in 2016 when when you approached to write this that you'd have this thing. Of, it's almost you know canonized as official goosebumps now, you know, it's got Tim Jacobus, it's got Aral Stein in it. It, it. it must feel, feel great as a, as a kid who, who dressed up as Curly on Halloween. It's, it's totally surreal. Yeah. I mean, it, it, to, you know, to have both of them, you know, participating in a, in a way is, is just, yeah, it's totally mind blowing. I, and I didn't, it was again, the same thing where I, I had no idea. I, I thought surely he's so busy with other projects that he won't have time for this, but um, he was, you know, nice enough to say yes. And, and, the cover that he did for it is absolutely amazing. I mean, he, I, I you know, I've, I have no visual art talent at all. So the, the, <laughs> everything about that is just, is just mind blowing to me, but uh, he did such a, a fantastic job. And, you know, like you said earlier, his, his art is so much a part of the whole world of goosebumps. And, and, mm. you know, so I, I just thought like, you know, I, I have to at least ask him, you know, maybe, maybe he'll say no and we'll have to go to with someone else, but I, I have to at least ask first. I love that. I love that when, when, you know, artists aren't, aren't ashamed of, of what made them famous, you know, he's, he's, he's more than happy to still engage with, with goosebumps. You know, I think he does some oh, yeah. emotional art for an every now and then it's, it's, it's great to see because, you know, Again, as we said, it's it's such an iconic part of the brand. It's it's great that he's still producing original stuff. You know, he you could have just slapped on the the cover of the the original book on the the cast recording, but it's great to to get some new Tim Jacobus art. It's um, it's fantastic to see. Yeah, no, and he was he was totally amazing to work with, and yeah, and his he was explaining to me how when he did the the book covers, he he actually like painted all of those by hand. Um, you know, and, yeah. and, and now he's transitioned to doing it digitally, you know, back then it, w- it would be like a, I'm forgetting how long he said it took for each one, but it, it was something like, you know, a couple weeks on, on a, I might be getting mm. that wrong. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, he would, he would literally, you know, have to draw in all of those little details by hand and, and do like layers of, of paint on it. And, you know, now it's so easy just with, you know, a click of a button, you can change a color and, you know, yeah. so yeah, I, I, Again, I'm just totally in awe of, of what he does. I think there's a great case to be made that, you know, we we don't know about Goosebumps without Tim Jacobus. Because if, if you're not picking up the books, you're not going to read them. You know, I think those those covers did so much to get kids kids interested in in reading in general. So it's, Yeah, and they're just so good, great. too. I mean, they really hold up. You know, like, oh, they absolutely you know? do. Like, they don't... They, 
they, I don't know how I'd describe it because they are so quintessentially 90s and yet <laughs> somehow they are still like timeless. Like they are so like the colors yes. and the, 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 they're so vivid. It's, yeah, it's that's fantastic. a great way to put it. Is, yeah, they're timeless. Because, you know, you are only adapting one book and, you know, it is a book for younger readers that it's not very long, you know, you can breeze through it pretty quickly if you're a confident reader. Mm-hmm. Was it challenging to decide, you know, all right, which parts we're going to to stretch out and say, all right, this 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 character, like for you know, for example, there, there's that line in the in the original um, book that you know when uh, Brooke talks too much, I think it's her dad calls her you know a babbling Brooke, yeah. <laughs> and you decided to turn that into you know a really like a, a song with 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 a bit of emotional depth to it. Was it was it I, I don't know. Is that difficult when you're adapting to? to pick out parts and say, all right, let's stretch this out. Let's emphasize this in the character. Or is it when it's, when it's right, you just, you just sort of go with it. Yeah. I mean, to to me, that is the art of adapting is, is knowing sort of it's that instinct about what makes a good song and, you know, where, you know, where we need to, to translate something into song. And and when, when we need to just, you know, the pacing of the story just demands that you keep, keep going and we don't have time to stop for a song, you know, that those kinds of decisions are, uh, you know, cause there are, infinite different ways you could do a musical of Phantom of the Auditorium and, and, you know, other writers made, might've made different choices. Maybe that line wouldn't have stuck out to them and they, you know, they wouldn't have done Babbling Brook at all. You know, I always have the words to say, but every time he turns my way, we share a look and I turn into a babbling brook. So it's, it's those kinds of decisions that I think really, really makes it, but yeah, I mean, back to your question, it's for me, it's, it's, sort of um sort of an instinct of of, of just you know, yeah when it feels right it, it feels right you know you you just know like with that one specifically that was actually the first song that we wrote and we you know we knew that we we wanted to have some sort of um moment for Brooke meeting Brian for the first time to me it, it's um it's sort of in a long tradition of uh you know musical theater songs that uh it, it's sort of that meet cute moment um mm-hmm. you know when when the two you know romantic sort of quasi romantic uh a uh, couple meets for the first time and and there there's you know we see that those sparks between them to to me it's also it's it's so much more fun to see someone embarrassing themselves than uh you know just just <laughs> saying you know sincerely oh i you know i like you right like that's boring it, it's so much yeah. it's so much more interesting to see someone trying to hide that they like someone so and yeah. on that note i i think that's why i also i think the the song i keep playing is um is, is understudy buddy uh, <laughs> yep this song yep. you know her her trying to pretend to be nice when she's got these really quite transparent um uh, selfish <laughs> motives You know, it's better than just her calling up Brooke and saying, um, you know, I, I don't want you to be part of this role. I, exactly. I like it when there's a bit of extra dimension in the characters. And that comes through in the singing. I thought that's that's fantastic. That's the one I keep. Yeah. I keep, oh, that's um, one of my favorites playing. too. Yeah. No, I, yeah. But were yeah, there any other songs? Sorry, continue. Uh, no, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, were there any other songs you, you, you're particularly proud of or p- that were particularly difficult to, to put together? Um, they were all pretty difficult in, in, in one way or yeah. another. But um, I, I think um, Story of the Phantom uh, is one that I'm, I'm quite happy with how it came out with uh, on the recording in particular. 
Um, it was one that that we were worried about in the show when we first wrote it because it's it's one of the longer songs in the show, and um, you know it, it was sort of a question about like, well, you know, will it hold attention for that long? And it's also the second story song because the legend is also a story song, um, and so you know it, it's is that too many and you know so close together and so we were we were sort of um sort of we sort of had some questions about that but i i think you know the cast recording really um i, I think does it perfectly yeah. i really like the opening number goosebumps that's a really just fun ensemble number. I loved Goosebumps. It really does, as I, as I suppose it's meant to do when being the first of, of many musical numbers, it did set that tone really well. And just how you managed to capture that, the, the, the theme of the Goosebumps books, which is this is scary, but you're also like drawn to it. You're, you're having fun. It's right. that equal part. It's mostly scaring you, but you're also <laughs> like, oh, this is kind of exciting. Right. I thought that was fantastic. So follow if you dare, but all will do beware. I won't ask you to disclose anything you're not ready to, but broadly, what are you? What, what have you been working on since since Goosebumps? And what are you working on now? <laughs> well, I, I, a very easy answer for that, which is that nothing, because <laughs> Goosebumps has con- completely consumed my life for the last year and a half uh, working yeah. on this album. But uh, no, I, I, it's it's been totally a, a full time job. I, I do have a, a couple things that I, um, I I'm working on an original show, uh, or I was before before Goosebumps, and I will be going back to that someday soon. Although Goosebumps is still there's there's just so much going on with it that I haven't had a lot of time recently. But but yeah, no, I mean basically the the entire pandemic for me was um, was producing this cast recording and recording it and then mixing it and editing it and uh, finally releasing it. Well, I mean, it's a very admirable job, all things considered. It's a, it's a yeah, fantastic recording there. As I said, I've been listening to it quite a lot. Oh, uh, thank you. Where can we find you? If uh, Where can we find Goosebumps Musical and where can we find you online, Danny? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's on Spotify and Apple Music and you know anywhere else that you listen to music, YouTube. Um, you can go to goosebumpsthemusical.com um, for more information. The, you know, the synopsis and lyrics are up there uh, if you want to... No, because you know sometimes with the cast recording, since we had couldn't couldn't include everything that's, that you would see in a theater, uh, it might be there's some parts of the story that uh, sometimes the synopsis is helpful to fill in the gaps there. So that's that's up there at goosebumpsthemusical.com. My website is dannyabosch.com, and you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere else at daabosch, two a's, and at uh, goosebumpsthemusical on Instagram. Fantastic. And is there anything else I may have missed uh, that you'd like to say? Anything uh, I haven't covered? I don't think so. I mean, I, I just I, I hope that that the fans love it. Um, and I, I hope you all get a, a kick out of listening to it as much as we loved uh, making it. it it's, it's just been such a fun show to write and and now to, you know, make a cast album for. And, you know, and, you know, like you said, it, it's as a <laughs> as someone who you know, was a true fan, you know, and still is a true fan and has been all my life. It, it's, you know, I, 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 it means a lot to me that, you know, the other Goosebumps fans feel like, you know, we, we did it justice and <laughs> it's not like some, you know, uh, scrab. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I just, I, I hope you all love it and, and listen to it. 
and tell your friends. Uh, well, you've, you've, you, I don't know about the rest. You've definitely got one fan down under. So, I mean, I think you've got, <laughs> I think you've probably got the, the, the Australian Goosebumps market. Covered, and there, and so there's quite a, there's quite a few of, um, there's quite a lot of Goosebumps fans in Australia. I, I really was, I had no idea, but it almost seems like every other, you know, fan that I see is from Australia. It's really Well, there amazing. you go. Now I don't feel quite so special. <laughs> I mean, is it like, was it, was it a huge thing? I mean, it was a huge thing here, but you was it quite as yeah, huge there as it was here? It, 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 well, I mean, probably not, uh, not as big, but I mean, same with every, every library or every book fair, there's always going to be goosebumps there. Um, you know, we, we got, didn't get probably quite as much merch, but it, it sounds like, you know, there, there are some, some series where they, they doesn't translate or it doesn't come over. It's just not quite as impactful. But everyone I talk to, you know, at least remembers the books growing up, you know, maybe not quite as in-depth as I do, you know, they may not. Um, <laughs> not everyone makes a Goosebumps podcast. Yeah. No, not everyone. Not everyone can tell you the, the, the twist at the end of Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. But everyone at least, you know, has, has a memory of like reading that or watching all that, the dog barking at the start of the, the TV series. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's it, classic, it must have, yeah. Yeah, it, it must have it must have come through somehow. Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Uh, Goosebumps the musical is available from Ghost Light Records for stream or download. Uh, you can listen to it on Spotify. That's what I've been listening to. It highly recommended. And um, yeah, Danny, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much, Alex. It's been a pleasure talking to you. You kids today, you think you're so darn tough, messing around. You think you got it rough? Well, you don't know what rough is, and unless you want to wind up dead or worse, then you better watch your step, or you're gonna get such a fright. Mark my words, kids, one wrong jump, and suddenly thump, now it's you going bump in the night. So you wanna know what's behind that door, or what might be lurking underneath the floor? Trust me, you're better off not sure you better I hope you enjoyed listening to that. We want to thank Danny again for uh, taking the time to chat with me at an ungodly hour. Uh, but it's the city that never sleeps. Also, I've heard. If you didn't get it from my uh, constant gushing and uh, shameless flattery, I think his musical is really, really good. And I think you should give it a listen on Spotify or download it from uh, from Ghostlight Records. You don't have to be a, a musical guy. To, uh, to, to enjoy this musical, you just have to enjoy just fun, catchy tunes. And if, if you're a Goosebumps fan, which presumably you are somewhat, if you're listening to this podcast, I think you'll definitely enjoy it. I think, and it's hard to sort of make this declaration without sounding like I'm presenting myself as the gatekeeper of who can and cannot call themselves a Goosebumps fan. But I just got the feeling Danny gets it. <laughs> Danny gets Goosebumps, you know? He knows the perfect amount of reverence and respect to give to this pretty irreverent, goofy, cheesy series of, of, of children's books from the 1990s. So what I'm trying to say is, yeah, listen to, uh, listen to Goosebumps the Musical, The Phantom of the Auditorium. Thank you, Danny, for, uh, for chatting with me. I will have, God willing, a Christmas... Christmas episode of, of Gatsy on Goosebumps coming out uh, in time for Christmas. A special Christmas bonus. A special stocking stuffer for all of your audio Christmas 
delights. I sort of lost the metaphor there. But until then, boys and ghouls, please stay spooky.